Welcome to Living Yin, a podcast series that seeks to enlighten you about yin yoga, Chinese medicine, philosophy, and meditation. I'm Truth Robinson, and I'm a doctor of Chinese medicine and a yin yoga and meditation teacher. This podcast series seeks to unite the yin yoga practice, the anatomical theory that surrounds it, and the Chinese medicine theory which brings it all to life. My goal is to demystify Chinese medicine and to offer anatomical concepts in a digestible way, as well as offering philosophy for you to go deeper into the layers of your own consciousness. In this podcast, we're chatting with Dr. Daniel Kion, a registered medical doctor and a licensed acupuncturist. Due to his comprehensive education, he's able to bridge the apparent gap between the traditional Chinese medicine understanding of the body and the Western allopathic medicine perspective. He's the author of two amazing books, Spark and the Machine, and his most recent book, The Uncharted Body. Very excited to have him with us now for a chat and to help clear up some of the Chinese whispers that have permeated our beliefs as yin yoga teachers and TCM practitioners. Just letting you know, this podcast was actually released secretly a week before the public release. If you'd like to get your hands on this podcast or YouTube classes a week earlier than everybody else, all you need to do is head over to livingin.com, subscribe to the mailing list, and get an exclusive sneak preview delivered fresh into your mailbox a week before everybody else. Just before we begin, this is the first of a two-part chat I had with Dr. Daniel Kion. In this episode, we're going to be talking about qi and fascia and the bioelectricity that brings that all together. But you also notice that we're going to talk about the six divisions from time to time. Now, the six divisions is probably a new concept to a lot of you guys. The six divisions are simply another way of looking at the pairing of the organs in the channel system. In fact, it's probably a more accurate way of looking at it. If we pick up the Yale Emperor's classic, the Huangdi Neijing, you'll note that you don't actually have a liver channel. You have a leg Yin channel. Now, it just so happens the liver organ correlates to the leg Yin. Now, the other side of the arm Yin channel is the pericardium. And so in this way, you'll see that the pericardium and the liver actually correlate to the meridian, the channel of Yin. When we look at the bladder and small intestine, that's your Tai Yang. When we look at your stomach and large intestine, that's your Yang Ming. Xiao Yang is your gallbladder and triple energizer. Tai Yin is your lung and spleen. Xiao Yin is your heart and kidney. And finally, you have your Zhui Yin, which is your liver and your pericardium. And so in this way, we see that those channels flow throughout the body. They don't just stop at any one point. Now let's get into it. Dan, it's so great to have you here today. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for letting me on the show, Truth. Good to see you again. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely my honor. So just before we get into this, um, I know who you are. I, I love who you are and what you bring. But some of our, our listeners may not have heard about 
your history and who you are and how you came into Chinese medicine in the first place. I would love for you to just tell us the story of that. My dad was a surgeon, in fact, and uh, my mum was a nurse. And, and so I kind of had medicine in the blood slightly. And um, when I was a teenager, my grandmother taught me about acupuncture and Chinese medicine and how it was considered to be primitive and superstitious because it had never changed. But she said the reason it had never changed was because it, it had always been correct. So why change something if it's right? And so from that point, I kind of had this ambition to uh, bring Chinese medicine and acupuncture into the, the Western fold, if you like, although I, I now see it slightly differently. And so I went off to do medicine at medical school and kept an interest in Chinese medicine and acupuncture. And then eventually I went back and did a degree in acupuncture. And what I realized was that like the way it was taught, they didn't really understand what they were teaching. I certainly didn't understand what they were teaching. And I, I had no idea after this degree what qi was and what the, the channel system was, what people often describe as meridians, but really what is jing lo or channel system. And so I went off and carried on looking for answers because what I wanted was to get better clinical results. You know, I was practicing at this point, but I didn't really feel like I was getting very good results. Sometimes patients would get better and I wouldn't really understand why. And a lot of the times they wouldn't get better. And so I went to China and studied with a chap called Professor Wang Yi, who sadly is no longer in this earthly plane of existence. And, uh, mm. He, um, he was just so clear about what was going on. He said, look, you know, the, the channel system is just the spaces within the body. And this made complete sense to me, you know, because I've done a lot of time as a surgeon. And when you do surgery, what you do is you, you open up potential spaces in the body. Um, so surgeons, good surgeons, they, they never like to really do a lot of cutting. Instead, they like to do a lot of kind of prizing open, opening up spaces, potential spaces. And so when Wang Ji said the channels are simply the spaces in the body, this immediately made perfect sense. Um, so when I say channels, I, 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 as you probably know, Truth, because you went to um, my seminar, I never use the word meridians because it's a terrible translation of Jing Lo. Uh, and then the, the last thing really was, was, um, was understanding what qi was. And strangely, I came across a, a paper written by a chap called Charles Shang the same night that I was chatting to Wang Ju Yi about the channel system. And he explained how it's the spaces. And this paper explained how you can understand qi and, in fact, acupuncture's effects by understanding how the embryo forms and about the energy that's required to organize the embryo and what Charles Shang said was that the chi was basically the organizing energy or the same as the organizing energy within the embryo and and from these two foundation blocks of what chi were was and what the channel system was then you can build up the rest of Chinese medicinal theory and the interesting thing, in my opinion, you say about like, you know, the allopathic bridging that divide between allopathic and Chinese is that, it, in my opinion, allopathic medicine is now is now a, a subsection of Chinese medicine because it, Chinese medicine is a much more complete version of the body and it's a, a much more 
uh, holistic in the sense that it you, you can make predictions about how the body's going to behave once you've got this basic six division understanding of the body. Wow, you just said a lot there. Let's unpack a little <laughs> bit of that. That was incredible. Like, I get it. I totally get it because I'm, I'm down with all this lingo. But let's try and unpack some of that for everybody. So you're talking about initially about the spaces in the body. So then are you talking about the fascial pathways and then everything it encapsulates? Or are you talking about just the fascia that run through the spaces? Yeah, yes. The spaces, it's a good question. It's a good question because spaces... There's space in the body in the same way that if you swim through the ocean, there's space, but there's no space. You could mm. you could look at the ocean and say, well, that's just full of water. There's no space there. But equally, um, we all know we can swim happily through the ocean. Uh, so, so there's also space there. So in the same way in the body, there's no actual kind of space in the sense of there's, there's not... Um, there's not a place well there's certainly not space in terms of a vacuum but there's not even space in terms of like uh air or something that you can float through but there's there's potential space there's 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 um the whole body in order for it to grow it always requires a little bit of space to grow into and so that potential space is what i'm talking about and most of the time on a macroscopic level in other words things that you can see that space is delineated by something called fascia which is uh, very similar to uh, silk or uh, a fabric it's in fact the character for for the um the the chinese don't have a word for fascia within the chinese medicinal history but they have something called zhuang luo which is the channel system um, the large and the small channels and the character one of the characters used in both of these is the same characters for fabric or or like cloth and and that's a good understanding of what fascia is it's like a silk in the body wow okay so then initially when they were talking about the meridians they're talking about the spaces but they are talking about how it's the fascial connective tissue that goes throughout the whole body then yeah so the word meridian it comes it was translated by a Frenchman called Georges Soulier de Moron and he was uh, he was a, a sinophile and he translated many texts at the turn of the 20th century uh, on various things from politics to arts to medicine and he encountered these two Chinese characters which were Jing and Luo and this is what he translated into meridians. He really struggled with this translation. He didn't know what to translate it into. It's a bit like the word chi. It doesn't really have uh, an easy word to translate chi into. So we've adopted chi in our English language. In fact, I would say chi translates best as spirit. But that's another story. The characters for meridians were Jing and Luo. And if you actually look at the characters, the first character um, really translates as fascial rivers, and that's Xing, and the Loire translates as fascial net. And, and that's a really good description of the anatomy and the histological structure of our bodies. So interestingly, the Chinese said, look, the channel system is sufficiently different at a macroscopic and a microscopic level that we're going to give it two different names. We're going to call the 
the macroscopic, that you can see the Zhuang channels, and the microscopic, the Lua. Now, Western anatomical description of the body has done the same thing. It said, look, the anatomy that you can see with the naked eye is sufficiently different to the microscopic anatomy that we're going to also describe it with two different words, yeah, anatomy and histology. So histology is from the Greek histo, um, ology. So study of histo, which means net. So histo means net. The study of the net. In other words, the people who first looked at the cells down through the microscope went, wow, all of this collagen that's surrounding the cells it acts like a net holding all the cells in place. Um, now, the, the Loire, which is the Chinese 2,000-year-old Chinese description of the microscopic channel system that that word lua if you translated it into a single word the most accurate description is net as well so here we have a great example of how the west and the east are both looking at the same thing and they're coming to the same conclusion but the big difference that they're doing is that when the west was looking at things so it was looking at oh look there's your heart there's your liver oh there are the cells there's the collagen the chinese the chinese description was looking at the spaces between things and so that is a lot a lot of the uh, confusion is just from that lack of understanding in the west that when the chinese were describing things really what they were describing is a lack of things the space between things and and that's why that's why we never really understood um, what that's why the Western scientists missed meridians. One of one of the reasons there were two main reasons they missed meridians. The first is the translation into the word meridian, yeah, which is why I don't use it, because meridian is a, a suggests something. It suggests it, it's also a meridian is a man-made construct. It's a it's an artificial construction of latitude and longitude, so it's man-made, but. It, it kind of it's it, I think a meridian is quite a difficult thing to get your head around because it's a what is a meridian what does it look like etc etc but if you said channels if you said oh um, the Chinese are describing channels in the body then you know any self-respecting doctor or scientist will go well I suppose there are spaces in the body and then you say well yeah and in these spaces fluids flow in a circuit Therefore, that's a channel. And that's kind of the end of the discussion, actually. Normally, most doctors will go, yeah, you've got a point. There are channels in the body. And then you're like, OK, now we're, we're basically in agreement, aren't we? We're not interested in looking at the things. We're looking at the spaces around the things and how those spaces function and what flows in those spaces. And the most important thing that flows in the space is the energy of communication. Okay, so then this energy of communication is going to be the qi then? Yeah, that's it, yeah. So what qi is exactly is, a, is I, I don't expect the full answer from me because I can't give it. Uh, but it's, um, it's, I would try, I would, so qi is another interesting um, character in that its translation is probably not completely correct into energy. Uh in fact, there are people who are far wiser and know far more about the Chinese lexicon than me who say that the most accurate translation of qi is into breath. Uh, 
there is a word in the English vernacular that also translates as breath that is concerned with the energy moving through our bodies and that word is spirit and and I think that chi translated as spirit is a pretty perfect translation of what chi really is uh, and and the interesting thing then is is you start thinking well where does spirit fit into our western medical model and the answer is well it's not there at all I mean it, it should be I mean it should be it should be the number one thing within a Western medical model because ultimately the reason why anyone goes to see a doctor is a disorder of their spirit. I always remember there is that condition octopus pot. I think it's called Sakasubo. And they yes. talk about how you die of a broken heart. And like I try to explain this to my students and I think that's about the closest I can get to like a Western like perspective on, on heart and spirit a little bit. Like the one time they're like, oh no, it's a thing. And then all the placebo, right? Like that's going to be spirit, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, what what exactly is placebo? Yeah, placebo is... So placebo has been totally... Um, yeah, that that's a completely different subject, placebo. What okay. placebo is. Yeah, that's a huge subject. A, <laughs> we don't have time for that one. The, well, there's a guy called Ted Kapchuk who wrote The Web That Has No Weaver, which is practically unreadable in my opinion. But it's... um. But he ended up professor of placebo studies, interestingly, at Harvard. And he did some really interesting studies on placebo and what it is. And, and, and yeah, large parts of so-called placebo effects is just basically going to see a doctor who is compassionate and caring and allows you to unburden your problems. I mean, I, th- I think a large part of it is, is, is just being able to go and, and vent emotionally um, and go, God, I'm really, this lump here, I've I've spent the last six years worrying it's cancer and you could, you know, and, and that creates its own disharmony and disequilibrium and stuff. And you go and see the doctor and he's like, oh, no, 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 no. It's just a, a little cyst, you know, nothing to worry about. Bingo, you're better again. Mm. You know, you go out feeling you're on cloud nine and what's the doctor done? Nothing really. He's just, he's just dealt with you at a spirit level, you yeah. know. So um, that's bedside manner. Bedside manner, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, uh, yeah, that's a huge subject, placebo, but a very important subject. And, and it gets to the root of medicine, like what medicine is, really. You have been listening to Living Yin, podcast by Truth Robinson. Another question about qi I'd love to clear up for us because I know that when you read like the classics like Huang Di Nei Jing, it talks about like the qi of the chest and the qi of the, the stomach and the spleen. So like the da qi or the kong qi and then also the gu qi as well. Mm. So is then this term qi quite a fluid term then? So like we can use it to talk about spirit or like shen, but then we can also talk about like the air we breathe and the food we eat as well. Yeah, that I remember when I went did my degree in acupuncture they there are all these different types of chi exactly as you say you know there was uh spleen chi and gucci and um and i kind of they all just got a bit confusing and i ignored almost all of them and still and still do to be fair um but i would i would say that so as you know you've got chi in your body but the the taoism taoists also say the chi's in the cosmos as well 
you know, it's like the force from Star Wars, isn't it? It permeates mm-hmm. through the cosmos. And certainly, like, if you look at the embryo and how it grows, the force that seems to be most obvious in terms of um, its coordinated growth, it appears to be an electromagnetic force. So electricity and magnetism, you know. And So my understanding is that the throughout the cosmos we we've got this electromagnetic force and that that is if you do you know much about um quantum uh quantum theory i mean i'd love to say i do but <laughs> compared to like quantum physicists for sure i do not <laughs> yeah well yeah me neither yeah. yeah so i i i this is just based on a one-hour video that I saw online from someone who explained it very well. He was a physicist and he talks about quantum field theory. And he said basically that the entire cosmos is permeated by six fields, and and these these six fields are like or one of them effectively creates gravity. And what what everything's just a vibration in one of these fields. So the reason why you know this my head the pen bounces off my head is because effectively in the um mat in the, the fields that create mass the these there's these two are vibrating at a certain frequency and so those vibrations bounce off each other but everything's a vibration and that one of these fields is the electromagnetic field and that creates you know electricity and i think it might also create light and all of these other effects yeah and and so it's a vibration in this field now my how I see it is that us as living beings, we concentrate and focus energy in this field. And and that is effectively what chi is in our bodies, that we are, when we're alive, one of the qualities we have about being alive is being able to concentrate and focus this energy. And that's what chi is. And then we use it and it has some kind of living qualities within it that enable us to perform all the things that are alive. Now, it's the same force that that is also driving the uh, light bulb, yeah? And and in a way, you know, I think some people would say that the there are aspects of the light bulb that make it alive as well. You know how, like, you know, they, they said that the rocks themselves were alive, the ancient Taoists and stuff think that everything's alive, don't they? And and so, but in our bodies, we've we focus this energy into our our bodies and using it to drive our life forwards. And but, but the same, it's the same energy. But then when it goes into these different organs, it it does different things in the same way that if you had electricity, you could use it to run your light bulb, but you could also use it to run your dishwasher. And you could also use it to run your cooker. And you could also use it to run your computer. So it would be the same electricity, but it would be doing slightly different things. That's how I kind of see the different cheese within the body. You know, that it's like it's like cooker chi and dishwasher chi and washing machine chi mm-hmm. and light bulb chi. It's the same chi, but it is doing different things. And as a result, it has different qualities. You know, a light bulb chi is kind of very hot and and, mm-hmm. and warms things whereas dishwasher chi moves more but but it's the same chi 
Um, so for that reason, I don't get too caught up in in the qualities of the chi say i'm not interested in saying oh this is a gucci but i'm certainly interested in the qualities of what that chi's doing in the body Mm -hmm. and and whether it's running properly and whether it's strong enough you know so a lot of the time in the west we have problems with our digestions so they they don't tend to be strong enough um for various i think a lot of our foods basically now poor quality so is this moment of conception the moment when the spirit is entering into the physical structure, that moment where that chi is all of a sudden introduced into the system. Yeah, so I think I think if you look at a cell, for instance, and a single cell that's happily living and existing and you know doing its own thing, um, that's also got its own chi within it. So within, you know, it's like a fractal, isn't it? If you look. If you zoom in on a cell, then you find that it's kind of got the same component parts as as a body has. It's got like effectively a, a brain, which is like the nucleus, or a heart, which is the nucleus. And then it's got uh, a mitochondria, which respire, which is what lungs do. And then it's also got these um, endoplasmic reticulum, which kind of cleans up the proteins and stuff, which is a liver. And then it's also got vacuoles, which are like stomachs. Um, so a cell is is almost like a, a miniature version of a body. And the cell needs energy and life force to operate. And so that will have like chi running through it. And in fact, cells do work on electricity. Everything works on electricity. Yeah, because you've got, if you go, if you look at the mitochondria, the mitochondria is a, a great little bit of equipment and it, it has it generates this intense electrical spark, uh, a mitochondria, and uh, about minus 140 millivolts, I think it is, which is, given the distances involved, is insane. It's like a lightning bolt amount oh, of energy. Wow. And and then it uses that electrical spark to drive um, chemicals down this pathway and, and turn them into ATP, which is like a kind of TNT-type molecule in the, in the cell. And so the mitochondria is running on electricity. The outside of the cell has got an electrical polarity across it to keep it alive. So the whole thing's running on electricity. So the cell itself is... And and living electricity is basically what chi is. So so crude electricity that runs through our wires and powers, like the communication vessels, portals that we're talking across at the moment, that's... That's uh, that's kind of like a very crude version of chi in a way, actually. It's, you know, we've put the information into this electricity, but it's basically electricity with a, a bit of life attached to it in a way. But it's nowhere near as much life as the electricity that we've got running through our bodies. You know, that's mm-hmm. got huge amounts of information and life attached to it. Um, and so that's how I see chi. So when, when you look at an individual cell... Those things are running on on intelligent electricity, and then what happens is when those cells start joining together, they need to communicate with each other, and they use electricity to communicate amongst other things, and and then the whole organism is running on electricity as well. Hmm. So when you say it has an intelligent electricity, are you talking about 
like in TCM, we'd, well, Chinese medicine, we might talk about Tao, or you're talking about like maybe like, you know, God or like this sort of heavenly aspect, or you're just talking about just its intelligence so far as it's interacting and understanding what's going on in its environment exactly the kind of question that i can't answer so it's <laughs> it's yeah exactly you get to a point where it's like what 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 is the mystery of life isn't it it's it's basically so what you can do is say look definitely life runs on electricity without a shadow of a doubt yeah can't dispute that that electricity has information attached to it, it has to yeah in order for it to function properly it's like effectively it's quantum um what's organizing it where does it come from how does it know how to behave um all of those questions effectively become um almost unanswerable mystery of life god type thing um what you can answer is how that electricity behaves you can go that far in my opinion and and that basically feeds into acupuncture theory so you can say look this electricity that has all this information attached to it that tells our bodies how to function that in health means that our cells all behave themselves all do the right thing in the right place and um, stay alive um, it it builds up with you know and 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 then because it's it's like electricity is like water it will flow and it will flow just like water downhill or in other words from an area of high potential difference to an area of low potential difference and and that's then that's then the basis for the channel system why the the lung channel for instance starts in the middle and the the flow flows outwards to the outside of the body because electricity the electricity the chi is just flowing downstream it's trying to get to a, a lower a place of lower potential difference just like water flowing downstream Okay, so then that's what we're doing when we're acupuncturing then. We're trying to create a little bit of bioelectricity that will change that energy differential? Yes. Yeah, you, you've got it. Yeah, so the whole... The, this is like... This this is one of the key kind of teaching things that I try and get across is that like what you're dealing with in, in the body is... This, this is why you can make things simple yeah what you're dealing with in the body is this firstly you've got this living electricity in your body that makes the body run it flows um in the spaces within the body because that's the easiest place for it to flow in the same way as water yeah those spaces are the jinglo system the channel system and then basically the body has then divided itself up into six divisions as you know and and then all what your job as an acupuncturist at a very superficial level is to work out which one of those six divisions is misbehaving and then how the chi within that six division is misbehaving is it is it just not strong enough is it flowing the wrong direction is it stuck somewhere is it you know uh, and and that could just be because of trauma you know or, or infection or something like that and and then it's it's a it's like a very simple, um, it, like um, not a circuit diagram, yeah, almost I suppose like a circuit diagram or a water. You know, if you if you had a problem with the canal system and you had a map of the canal system and you went, uh, it seems to be all blocked here and people are complaining they can't get their boats past. Okay, well, you know, if we open this lock here, 
let a load of water through that should drain that and you know that's how i kind of see acupuncture in the body it's it's very logical and um you know you've just got to understand how the body is is set up the circuit diagram for it and that's of course what the channel system what that is is a a circuit diagram of of how the body works Hmm. so then just going back a little bit to to clear something up is you talked about like a couple of ways that maybe this chi flow could be um sort of blocked we called stagnation in chinese medicine was through trauma and i guess that would be like a contraction a holding pattern in your body kind of like clenching your teeth like or uh, drawing your shoulders up and then you also said in infection as well so those two things creating like a a swelling or a stagnation or a blockage in that area which is affecting that flow of chi then yeah definitely i mean this is so chi requires this channel system to move and the channel system as we've described is basically uh, on a macroscopic level is is just fascial planes now, if, for instance, you um, got some infection in that fascial plane and, and the infection would then create phlegm and it would stick the plane together and it would stop things moving. Now, what the chi will do is, is just like water it will find a way around that, that blockage. But that in itself might cause more problems, you know, and it might cause um, well, pain. It will often cause pain. Any blockage of chi will cause pain. And and so then you know that that's in in these cases actually surgery is enormously useful you know where you've got effectively a load of phlegm within the channel system blocking the channel system I would suggest if there is a surgical procedure to help that then actually do it because um, what you want to do is unblock that system um, but a lot of the times in health problems it's a it's a lot more subtle than something that you can see it's it's you know it could just be like you say people who have been holding chronic tension and keeping their jaws like this for the last 20 years and and then they've got like you know the the muscles there are, are, are kind of a, a bit congealed and stuck and blocked and you've got to really you know people are, are way more complex than than western medicine makes out that's it. Exactly. Now, ironically, because Western medicine makes out that that people are incredibly complex, and and that's that's where it falls down. Because um, the the big difference between Chinese medicine and Western medicine, in my opinion, is that Chinese medicine has understands that people are way too complex to understand. Yeah, we've got a hundred trillion cells, and each of those cells is communicating effectively with every other cell at the same time yeah and it can't quite do this at that level this so chinese medicine goes look things things are like really 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 complex yeah let's just keep things really simple (laughs) really simple yeah western medicine has gone the other route which is like um the more that they it's gone like if we can just see things even more perfectly even more tiny if we can just see things at a next level we will understand everything you know so they said you know i don't know if you remember but 30 years ago when they started to crack the genetic code they were like we've done it they were like they were so triumphal they were like we are going to be able to cure all diseases in 20 30 years everything everything we've cracked the genetic code and have have we got one cure out of it don't think so 
don't think there's even there might be one one very very precise genetic cure out there that like something like a single gene deletion um like cystic fibrosis type thing but even those are a bit variable but the the see the the problem they the western medicine hasn't understood is that complexity in the body is actually the enemy of understanding you've got it the, the complexity is just off the scale yeah so you there's no point trying to like understand how the body works by getting more complex you've got to get more simple and then and then very very delicately make a few steps forwards about how the body's working and and that's one of the key things i try and teach is that <clears throat> keep things simple so keep things as simple as you can if you can't explain it in in a in a few sentences you probably are over complicating it and uh yeah <laughs> you have been listening to living in podcast by truth robinson you were discussing how all the organs work on these polarities of positive and negative charges Now, when we stress and needle the fascial connective tissue channels, it creates sparks of electricity which travel along the fascia. Do these sparks then travel internally via the fascial connective tissue or channels into the organs and so affect the polarities? And this way, demonstrating how the channels of fascia are linked to and alter the function of the organs? Yeah, this is is where it gets really interesting. Uh, The... So you've read the spark in the machine, um, yeah. And one of the one of the things that I hope that would achieve was basically not ex- um, was um, revealing what I didn't know. So one of the, so where I used to go and like lecture on the basis of that. And at first I was kind of like I remember the first time I got invited to lecture, I said, "Look, I really don't have a lot to say outside of this book in a way, but I'm quite happy to come and lecture. But don't expect me to have huge amounts to say." <clears throat> and anyway, now I have got huge amounts to say. But, <laughs> but one one of the things I hoped was it, it would reveal going to talking to people about it and lecturing would reveal to me what I didn't know yeah because that's one of the it's like Donald Rumsfeld and known unknowns and unknown unknowns and that kind of business and, and what it what it revealed to me was that I, I I may have explained like how the the what she is and what the channel system are and how it flows and stuff and 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 even the six divisions but it didn't explain why why what she did in the organs what why did she um, why you know these organs for instance the liver is like this you know blood clot yeah where blood glow goes in and blood comes out cleaned it's like so what's chi doing in the liver um and and it really it kind of uh, opened up a bit of a problem for me because it's like well if you can't explain what chi is actually doing in the organs themselves then you know fine you've got a mechanism for how uh, electricity can move around the body but it doesn't explain why sticking a needle in the big toe is going to suddenly make your headaches go away you know or, or or make your um your bowel problems better you know unless you can explain what's going on and so 
this this was the basis for the new book I wrote, The Uncharted Body. Um, it actually took me a, a year of full-time writing to do that. I sat down and, and effectively um, started writing it. And, uh, and, and what I realised eventually was that, like, to understand all of the organs, you can break them down into um, what are called func- functional units. So, like, little... Effectively, they're all built like fractals, the organs. So they're all like the liver has is made up of say I don't know a million miniature livers called sinusoids. Hmm. Yeah, and the sinusoid is uh, here. I might have a picture of it here. The sinusoid is effectively runs exactly like a liver. I'll send it to you. Yeah, and the sinusoid runs exactly like a liver it has it has this you know blood going in it has uh blood going out it, it separates the plasma from the red cells and then drains the lymph so it's running exactly the same but the the nice thing about the functional units is is that when you get down to that level you suddenly start to th- see things a lot clearer so instead of a, a blood clot it now looks like a little tiny little engine yeah, in the case of the liver. And this engine is, is the key thing about this engine is effectively it's got this membrane called the sinusoidal membrane, yeah, uh, which is across which the liver decides what is going to move. And then, and this gets very difficult to prove, yeah, for various reasons, but then it turns out that the thing that's driving substances across this membrane is electricity yeah so there we have it so so and and it's the same with the kidney the kidney has something called the nephron and it's something called bowman's capsule and across bowman's capsule the glomerular membrane is again another electrical charge and when that electrical charge goes the kidney stops working same with the heart i mean we all know electricity drives the heart same with the lungs turns out actually that your lungs you've got a across the membrane between the lining of your nose and, and lungs and, and the actual and deeper is, is a, a potential difference of, I think it starts at minus 30 at the nose and goes down to minus 10 millivolts. Now, and when that disappears, the lung fails. Hmm. So all of these, all of these organs are running on electricity. And, and, and we know it's not just electricity that you can just, plug you can't just plug yourself into the mains this electricity has got intelligence and organization and so then so now we have like a a a complete system for understanding what's going on so we have the organs which are sitting within a division yeah which is effectively walled off from the other divisions by fascia and it's it's being the organs themselves are all being driven by electricity, which has got intelligence attached to it. And then this flows out through the channel system to the peripheries. And then it's like, okay, when that organ's malfunctioning, it's like, what's going on with that electricity? Why is it malfunctioning? Is it because it's basically sitting on the wrong side of the membrane? What's called counterflow chi? Yeah, so, so in other words, if you've got your membrane here are you talking about like the fascial membrane that divides the six levels ah no no this is a this is um an organ membrane this is much more sophisticated than fascia yeah 
So this is like, these are organ membranes. So um, take a, actually muscle is one example of a membrane, yeah? That's why all the yang organs basically are just muscles. So um, with the muscle, you've got, so for a muscle to contract, effectively what happens is electricity gets pumped across the membrane into the muscle, yeah? And the muscle then goes, contracts, yeah? And then the electricity slowly leaves again and the muscle relaxes yeah so that membrane has got an electrical charge across it yeah that's what i'm talking about that's now if the electricity is on the wrong side of the electrical of the membrane yeah that muscle won't be able to contract properly yeah that's counterflow chi that's what counterflow chi is at not a theoretical level a practical you can measure it you can actually and people have measured like these things and shown that when the electricity is on the wrong side the muscle doesn't contract very well and that's why basically you then go okay we're going to use stomach 36 yeah which is the c point which helps the which lines the electricity up on the right side yeah and then the muscle starts contracting properly and people's intestines improve that's why it's working it's logical. It's not just a, we'll put it there because of... <laughs> it's like, no, this is what it's doing. You, you're putting it there. It's connecting through these fascial planes into this division of the body, which is an embryological division. And when it's there, it's basically light is getting the electricity to just go the right side of the membrane. And then because of that, the muscle can have more power when it contracts. So all of the organs, and, and don't worry, this is quite kind of advanced effectively. This is, a, I mean, there's an entire book written about this. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I don't expect you By to go, book. oh yeah, <laughs> straight away. Yeah, that all makes yeah. perfect sense. Um, uh, I mean, it should make sense, but you might not get the all aspects of it. Um, yeah, and so all of the, this is what how all of the organs work. You know, the, like the heart's the obvious one, yeah? Because we all know if you put a, ECG, you get this electrical pulse, and and what that electrical pulse is really measuring is is electricity moving across membranes. Yeah, so it goes it goes across the membrane, causes the heart to contract, and then it leaks out the others, the uh, leaks out again, and then effectively or it gets sorry it gets pumped out again because that's the active phase, and then you know a second later, boof, same again, boof, boof. Oof. And then, of course, if the electricity across the heart membrane is on the wrong side, then you can get things like arrhythmias and the heart will beat weakly. So this is, this is, you know, the wonderful thing about qi and electricity and is, is that this, this elevates Chinese medicine to a place above Western medicine. This, this is like, this is the, the key thing that like is, it's probably difficult for a lot of even yin yoga people to appreciate. And certainly doctors are like, they're going to, this is a generational thing for them to get their head around this. But Western medicine is, is, um, is, 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 is just very crude and unsophisticated in terms of the Chinese medicinal model of the body. It's way more sophisticated. That's why it hasn't been understood very well. Also, it's been, as I explained, poorly taught. And, and poorly understood and 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 that's just not our problem in the west in the chinese the same as 
is true as well. But it, but it's a, it's a way more sophisticated medicine. What an awesome first part to have heard. I love the way the East and West meld together in such a synergistic way. If you're keen on hearing part two a little bit earlier than everybody else, make sure you go over to the website livingin.com and sign up to the mailing list and we'll shoot you out an email when it's ready, one week before everybody else. If you're new to the mailing list, it could even be there right now. Go check it out, livingin.com. Thanks for joining me. I'm Truth Robinson. You can follow me on Instagram at Truth Robinson or practice with me on my YouTube channel or train with me either online or in person. Either way, go to livingyin.com to learn more. One last thing. By submitting a review on iTunes, you are giving the gift of this podcast to so many people. And even though I love seeing all the beautiful reviews, and honestly, I really do, It's way more exciting to know that your review is now stimulating so many yin yoga journeys all around the world. That has to be the easiest gift you have ever given.